Can you do a sound test? Just a. I can do a sound test. This film has broken my brain. <laughs> this film has broken my brain. I must view it repeatedly for years to come. I must do a fuck, go and do a master's degree specifically about the movie Us, <laughs> and then I can come back to you and talk to you about it. Got you. Only then. Fuck. <laughs> I, I d- yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah. Let me let me do this. Yeah. <laughs> let me okay. do the thing. Hello and welcome to the Omcast Grand Rewatch. My name is Tom and as one half of the Omcast, I'm joined by Dom. Say hello, Dom. Hi. <laughs> so we now live in a world full of sequels, prequels, remakes and reboots. And we understand that sometimes life gets in the way and you're not always going to be able to catch up before a new one comes out. With that in mind, we're here to provide a weekly retrospective of some of the biggest franchises in cinema history, giving you a full spoiler rundown of each film in a series including plot summaries, analysis and behind the scenes trivia. This week, we finish a short grand rewatch by watching the brand new 2019 movie, Us, starring Lupita Nyong'o, Winston Duke, Shahadi Wright-Joseph, Evan Alex, Tim Heidecker and Elizabeth Moss. Though I would say that it also stars Lupita Nyong'o, Winston Duke, Shahadi Wright-Joseph and Evan Alex. Yes. Um, Yeah. Again, um, <laughs> yeah, that's not. I mean, that's not a spoiler. I mean, if you know anything about this movie, the the basic premise is that it's. We talked about it last week. It's Jordan Peele's new horror movie, and it's about doppelgangers. Essentially, the the sort of central conceit is that what if there was an evil version of yourself, and it goes from there. Well, you know that from the trailers. <clears throat> Obviously, there it all gets a lot more complicated than that. We'll talk about the, the stuff later on. We'll have to do a spoiler section for this one because it gets. Didn't get crazy. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it, what it does mean is that all the actors are essentially playing dual roles. They're playing two versions of themselves, um, which is fucking amazing, basically, because it means that all of them absolutely smash it, I think. It's I fucking mean, unreal. First up, Lupita Nyong'o. My God. Holy shit. Like, I've, I've always loved her. I've always thought she was amazing, but... Fuck me, this is such a great showcase for her yeah. as an actress. And, oh, yeah, fucking unreal. Unreal what she can do. Like, we <laughs> like, were saying about, like, going back to when we watched Split mm. and Glass, saying about the the dual roles that people can put off. Yeah. Like, and as much as McAvoy did an amazing job in that, mm. like, being fractured across so many, having so much depth in two people at yeah, once. Yeah, it's, it's the intensity that yeah. she's doing with both. And sometimes, like, there are scenes where she's just playing off herself. She's the only actress on screen. Yeah. And it's, and, but you, yeah, it's unbelievable. It's really good. It's, I tell you, it's another thing that kind of reminds me of, because there's a difference, I think, in terms of Split is him switching from character to character. Yeah. The challenge of something like Us is playing different versions and playing off yourself. And that, is done has been done a few times, and like one of my favorite films that we've talked about where they do that is uh, Moon. Yes, Sam Rockwell is playing against Sam Rockwell for a whole movie. Mm-hmm. If you've never seen Moon, go and watch Moon, it's fucking amazing. Um, but- another one that I was going to use the example of is um, uh, The Double. Oh, is it the Richard Aoadi film with Jesse Eisenberg? I think I've seen that. It's based on that. like a Dostoevsky play, okay? Yeah, but it's like a modern reinterpretation of it. And it's fucking amazing. Yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, going back to this, like we say, yeah, the central conceit. It's these 
evil versions of yourself and there's quite a lot of this film is shown in the trailer. Yeah, well, it, it's it only from the make, first half. It doesn't make that much sense. No. That, that much is shown in the trailer or, or what is shown in the trailer when you're watching the film. So there aren't bits where you're like, oh, this is going to happen in a minute or this is going to happen in a minute. Yeah. There are the two or three beats that you might see in the trailer. Yeah, I think basically... At the start. The, the, from the trailer, you know that it starts off with a family going on a beach holiday and then there's some kind of home invasion. Yeah. And that is given away in the trailer. But that represents probably the first act of the movie, I guess. I think... I don't even know. At the beginning of... And then from when the home invasion starts, that's act two. Yeah. Isn't it? So So act one is like... So one of the things that I I really liked about this is there aren't that many things in the first half... Like you say, the first act of the film Mm. that gives too much away. What it does make you do is get to know these characters yeah, and get and I, to appreciate them as a family group. Yeah, and I feel like that's something that Jordan Peele would like. I feel what I noticed this time around particularly is that he's got like he's got a bit of... Because of it, it feels... It takes it time, its time more than Get Out does. Get Out was quite... It was very quick. Because yeah. it's, it's an hour and 45. It was really, really quick. Whereas now I feel like he's got that extra confidence now to let things play out. Mm-hmm. And... Most like obviously demonstrated right up front with that long shot for the um credits of the rabbits, yeah, that goes on for like five minutes. And like, if, the, if like, that takes balls to do that in 2019 when people yeah. have got no sort of attention span, but it reminds me of like a Hitchcock thing, yes, that's exactly the kind absolutely, of thing, absolutely, absolutely what I was going to say as well. Yeah, it's like it's just the, a scene where it's just you know, um, what's the character in Psycho? Norman Bates. No, the woman. Oh, um, shit! What's her name? Oh, fuck! I forgot her name. Now. Anyway, yeah, it's just her driving down the road for like ten minutes, and no one's saying anything. Yeah, but it builds tension, and so he, and the fact that Jordan Peele's now got to a point where he's able to do the same thing now is great, and mm-hmm. it means that yeah. So we we get this first half where you say like they establish who everyone is, mm-hmm. but I don't know. We, we're already like I'm already looking for stuff like. I'm already like making little notes of things that people are saying and doing. Like there's like they're all sat around the table having like the eating before they go out, and they're all eating like junk food or something or like nachos, but not the Peter Youngo. And Peter Youngo is eating fruit. And yeah. I'm like, what does that mean? Yeah. What's, what's that got to do with anything? And that's the thing, like, that, like, like that didn't even occur to me. No, because I was just like, oh, maybe she's a veggie. Maybe I don't know. I thought, they oh, were... are they eating chicken or are they eating? Because it looked like. Um... Like KFC or something. All I know was everyone else was eating something. She wasn't. She was very. Yeah. They, and I feel like they really like shoved it in your face. She was eating like the biggest freaking strawberry you've ever seen in your life. It was like bigger than your hand. And, but, but anyway, I'm like, that's the thing now. He's got to a point where like it, we know how he works and how much symbolism there are in these movies. So we know that every single thing that someone says or does is relevant and important. Yeah. And there are loads of great moments like that in this movie. Um, some of them are really obvious and on the nose. I'm thinking flare gun. Okay. Some of them are more subtle than that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's it's broken my brain. (laughs) One thing I would say about this is I really, 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 really surprised by the, um, the amount of humor that was in there. Yeah. Because I thought, you know, uh, from the outset, it does look like a really dark. Yeah, I would say I don't think really it's only his home invasiony thriller. Yeah, I don't think it's it's as funny or it has as many outright jokes in it as Get Out does necessarily. 
not so well. I think they're delivered in a different way. I think this one, like they, it's a way of endearing you to the characters, which yeah. is often the case. Like particularly Winston Duke's character is that he's telling dad jokes, yeah, and he's doing it really well. He's great in this. I've got to say as well, fair play to him. Um, I think out of like the four main, well, the four the family, primary yeah. cast are all amazing. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, and it's, it's the physic, the kids in particular. It's the physicality of them. Yeah, like the um, the girl, mm-hmm. like fucking <laughs> Jesus Christ! Like, I don't even know. Like they've obviously like there must be one of these kids who are like similar to people like I think like Tom Holland who's like can do a backflip from a standing start. <laughs> like they found them in, in like Juilliard School of Acting and they can just do everything, sort of thing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I feel like they're, they're those kind of kids. Um, but the um. The, so the girl, Zora, yeah. it's Shahadi Wright Joseph, is going to be the young Nala in the live-action Lion King. Oh, okay. Year. Okay, that's cool. That's good casting. Okay. Give me give uh, me and the breeders sort of your general non-specific... It's hard to be non-specific vague. because the, the things that I'm trying to get my head around are the things that are specific to the plot. Yeah. And what what it implies and what it means and the questions that I have now because that I need to know the answers to. Yeah. Like, but that's just like I don't know if that's me, like well, having been used to knowing everything. Do you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I, now it's like I want to know more about the world of this movie and mm-hmm. all the everything that it involves. I want to see every. I want to know everything. I want a sequel. I want a prequel. I want to. I want to. I want to know everything. It raises so many questions. And I want to know everything. But that's because I'm so invested in it, and yeah. it, and it's such an interesting concept. Yeah. I can't say what the concept is without spoiling it. Yeah, so, so that's my so issue that I'm having. Give us just so you're, you know, you've just come out of the cinema. Yeah. Somebody shoved a microphone in your face, as literally as what's happening. That's here. pretty much what's happened. I mean, there was a slight gap. Did you? Yeah, a slight gap where we didn't talk to one another for about twenty minutes. No, on I, the was way just, back I just I just cinema. What? No, right. Well, but first of all, I was just, I was blown away by it because it was just a case of, like, in terms of pure cinema, I was just like gripped by it yeah. from day, from the beginning of it. And that is from the direction, the performances, the just everything about it. In terms of the actual film itself, the concept of what it all turns out to be is something I'm grappling with. It doesn't mean it's bad or good necessarily. Well, I think it's good, but I just need to get my head around it all. And watch the film five more times, <laughs> and like I said, go away and do a master's degree, yeah, just on this movie, okay, and write a dissertation about it, <laughs> and then I'll come back to you, okay. But it that it deserves that though, yeah. Like I know it deserves that, and I know that by watching it more and and analysing it more and getting into it more, it will be I'll be rewarded, yeah. Do you know what I mean? I know for a fact that this is all like there are so many different ways of reading it, and so many different analogies and metaphors and things you could read into it for what it's all about what the message he's trying to what he's trying to say yeah but it does mean that when you come out of the film initially you are a little bit shell-shocked yeah um i mean what, what about you what do you think i loved it yeah i really did like like you say from the the second it started to the second it finished i was transfixed the whole time mm. there was never a single point that i looked away from the screen that I had an outside thought, I was just absolutely immersed the whole way. Yeah. And yeah, coming out of the film, I'm like, I've got questions. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but at the same time, I'm sitting there going, like driving back, I was like, what does this mean? Oh. 
And what does this mean? Oh. Yeah. And I was sort of starting to put my own sort of answers to it. Yeah, okay. But um, overall, I loved it. I mean, going back to the sort of... I, I, I think it does Jordan Peele a disservice for me to keep saying that he's the new Hitchcock because he is... Whilst there are sort of homages to sort of other directors or other sort of mm. films that are within the, the what the pre-existing that have been used for this i think the way that it's executed is so much better and it's yeah. taking inspiration from the masters or taking like a small point of that painting and this bit of yeah, music and this song and he's creating his own style for, i'll tell you what he is to me i think he or he's starting to become is that he's going to be almost like a, a horror movie version of Tarantino. Yeah. So Tarantino, when you go and watch a Tarantino movie, it's a Tarantino movie. Mm-hmm. But Tarantino, similarly, is sort of standing on the shoulders of the giants. Yeah. He knows all this stuff because he's a cinephile. Because he's a, you know, a, what's the... Auteur. No, audio, audiophile? Audiophile. Yeah, audiophile, cinephile. He knows all this stuff. That's why yeah. they are the way they are. And I feel like that's exactly the same thing with Jordan Peele. The reason he's he has absorbed all this stuff about horror movies because mm-hmm. he loves horror movies, and it means that now he's created this style of his own that sometimes plays a margin, sometimes borrows from the greats, but it is very much Jordan Peele. Yeah, and I I feel two films in now, like I know when I'm watching a Jordan Peele movie. Yeah, do you know what I mean? It's like it's, there's not going to be it'll be not too far down the line when you know in you know twenty years time or whatever they'll start to refer to things as, I don't know... Peelian. Peelian. Yeah, I was about yeah. to say, I want to say Kubrickian, but that doesn't work work for Peel. Peelian. Yeah. It's, it's got a very Peelian sensibility, this movie. Like, yeah. Like, like, and that's the thing. There are these sort of, like you say, there are these sort of altruistic styles when you get somebody like Tarantino that comes in and has this very specific splash and pizzazz, yeah. uh, pizzazz to how things work but it's developing your own identity from that. And this is like this new school of filmmaking that whilst people like Hitchcock were there to sort of pave the way, we are now getting into this sort of postmodern set of sort of ideals in society where you can have sort of an honourable borrowing, so to speak, of like the way that shots are used or the way that a technique is mastered. But by building from that, some sort of building on that foundation to something that's so stellar as something like this that continues to make you ask questions as you go on. Like the way that Get Out did with the same sort of, with the racial questions that we had, but also the way that the film was made and about, oh, is this, and is this still like this, and is this like this, and is this like this, and... um, But now with us as well, this brings a whole new thing into the equation. Yeah. And it's... Are these these are going to be episodic because there were headlines around of people saying, "Is us set in the Get Out universe?" Hmm. I don't think so. No. Well, that's a whole other thing. Like, I, mean, I feel like, be, but I think I Get Out is more is self contained in a way that I feel us could be self contained. I don't want it to be. I want more. <laughs> I want in a way that Get Out not necessarily. I think Get Out has a, is a clear loop. It finishes. Hmm. This leads to potentially more stuff. Yeah. But it, it, in telling the story of that family and specifically Peter Yongo's character, it's achieved that. So it's sort of one and done. But yeah, I mean, if you've got any interest at all, 
go out and watch this definitely um it's it will stay with you one way or another it will stay with you and I, it will it will confuse you <laughs> <laughs> but it will fucking entertain and and thrill you it will thing. yeah it, and it, there's generally will... genuinely really scary moments in there as well yeah and, and it's it very is... visceral in some of the violence and stuff. It, there were multiple moments where you, you, we both, oh shit, like that, <laughs> yeah. like in the middle of the set, oh fuck, because <laughs> like, oh, people get taken out, <laughs> people get fucked up, <laughs> um, and uh... and then there's even that though, like even like <laughs> I don't want to say I, yeah, we got to do spoilers, we got to do spoilers. Okay, so um, yeah, pre-spoiler, I loved it. I think everything was great about it. Yeah. Yeah, it's got some leading questions, but some of the best films always do. Yeah, it's it's got there are gaps there to to th- think about more than they like the gaps that are there in the in all the questions that you have don't take away from your enjoyment of the movie. Mm-hmm. They just leave you thinking about it more, which yeah. isn't a bad thing. So, yeah. yeah. But yeah, so um yeah, I think it's safe to say let's leave it there for non-spoilers. Yeah. Spoilers. <laughs> So yeah, so straight away now they're talking about the violence, right? So like immediately, I'm always thinking that there's some hidden meaning or some extra layer to it. So there's there's the bit where the, the girl, the daughter, um, beats like one of the white girls, the um, one of the twins, to death mm. really fucking violently. And as that's happening, I'm thinking. Is there going to be? Is this some sort of racial thing where the, now the black family are coming into the white family's house and killing them all? Like, has that got? Is that some sort of racial thing? Ah, uh, because I never. That's the thing. Oh, like like the end of Get Out. Where yeah, you sort of. Yeah. So because that, that's what happened as well, and it was like super violent for this little girl. Just suddenly was just wailing, and so and I think they kill all four of them in the end, don't they? So the the. The Winstons, I think, is the name of the family, Lupita Nyong'o. They kill the entire white family. So, because Winston Duke kills the dad on the boat. Yeah. Um, she kills, um, the daughter kills one of the twins. Wilson. Yeah. Um, the daughter kills one of the twins. The mum kills the other twin, even though she thought she was dead. And then, mm-hmm. that, and the son kills um, Elizabeth Moss. So, they kill the white family. What's the significance of that? Is there any? Am I just looking for something that isn't there? Um, I think, I think it's done in a similar way, like you're saying about the end of Get Out, where having seen Get Out recently and then seeing the black family go into the white people's household, kill them, and then you're like, oh shit, the police! I guess so. Yeah, like, I guess oh, so. what's going to happen here? Yeah, then, no, but, that, again, but, but, that, that thought crossed my mind as well. I was like, right, well, they called the police. What's going to happen? Are the police going to then arrest them because they think that? But then, again, the other sort of big twist in this was around the same sort of time when they look at, they go look over and look at the TV. And that is the thing where everything starts to get bigger and starts raising lots of questions. Before even that, there's <laughs> the reveal at this point that they aren't the only family yeah. that have got these tethered. Yeah. So the 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 doppelgangers are uh, to give a little bit of exposition. The doppelgangers are referred to as tethered, and that one when one does when the untethered versions, yeah, the regular above ground people, I suppose, do something. It's mirrored by control, 
by the clones. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. So I think, yeah, there are so many different meanings. I think if we sort of let's open up that can of worms, shall we? I don't know how that's meant to work. That's my that's my thing. Is I right. don't the the conceit that they finally reveal at the end is that the idea, like you say, is that. It's not just that this family, everyone in America essentially has one of these doppelgangers who live in this underground society. Because the, the whole thing, right at the very beginning of the movie, is they show this sort of factoid or whatever that comes up on the screen, which is there are hundreds or thousands of miles worth of underground tunnels all across the uh, United yeah. States. Some of these tunnels, we don't even know what they're meant for. Yeah. that's It starts out like that, and then the movie starts. So the idea is there's... Yeah, an underground society, and everyone has got a clone. And but the like at one point you see them, and they're all acting out what is happening above. Yeah. So it's the scene from the very beginning of the movie where they are at the um, fairground, and all these doppelganger versions are playing out exactly what's happening above. And my question is, how are are they aware of what's happening? Is it some sort of subconscious link that they have? Yeah, I guess. I think I think I, it's some sort of because what they the they lay it down by saying that the government cloned mm. all these people with the um, with the goal in mind to be able to control them like puppets. I thought that but was the clones is... were born without a soul, and it's and it was a failed experiment. So it's almost flipped it to be the original intent that the tethered's mm. are the ones that have to go along with everything that's happening, whether they want to or not. Yeah, I'd say I thought she was saying something about the fact that. The it's the soul has been split across the two of them. Yeah, so it's the same soul split across two people. Yeah, and she said so that you they can control you like puppets. So I was under the impression that that meant that they have been controlling them. They are, I, the up it, I think it was the other. Uh, so the the above ground people are the people doing the actions day to day. Yeah, and then those that are below ground. Right, yeah. But then so there I, there is yeah. a part where this does sort of have a slight break to it. I need I need that's I think that's the big bit. It's the bit where there's a big sort of exposition speech that she gives right towards the end. And that's the bit where I need to watch that scene over and over and over again <laughs> to get because my I walked away from it thinking that what she was saying was they sort of achieved what they wanted by by having this split and it meant that by taking that part of themselves the rebellious or the darker side of them away and separating it out mm. the government was then able to control people up top and it was all and it's like a commentary on consumerism and because there's the other thing that makes me think that is there was a line early on where the girl said you know the government's putting saline or something what she's, she's putting fluoride fluoride in the water so we can control they can control everyone and no one pays attention because no one cares about the end of the world then i guess yeah and that to me was like when it happened, I was like, ah, that's fucking Jordan Peele. He's hanging an outshade on it because no one's paying attention to her, but that's exactly what's going to end up being. It's going to be the government is controlling everybody. It's some tinfoil hat conspiracy theory, yeah. but the, the twist is it's true. Yeah. Like, a bit like sort of Cloverfield, 10 Cloverfield Lane type thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I think... So that's interesting that we both have come, up, come away with different interpretations of what's yeah. going on then. And that tells you what the kind of... Not the issue, but the the interesting thing about this movie. <laughs> yeah. And it I think <clears throat> I think people will I think there will be a subset of people that will be disappointed with this. Yeah, well I'd say that as we came out, there was a group of people 
um, stood outside who were talking about it, and I just I heard the guy say, well, "I just wasted two hours of my life." Is what I feel like. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I feel like this will be divisive because it's, it's not as clear cut as Get Out. Get Out was very clear about what yeah. he was trying to say, and this is there are loads of different ways you can interpret it. I think like there's because yeah, the idea is you've got this subset of people, and then what we're seeing in this movie is an uprising of them essentially coming into America and attacking their other selves. Well, it's, yeah. So it's, it wasn't even because they weren't all just attacking their other selves; they were just attacking. Just people in general, yeah, exactly. Um, and then we see the, the scale of it. It's just like well, there, there was the hands across America, yeah, which is yeah. I so, mean, but, the hands, yeah. so to give you to give any readers who aren't aware of this, Hands Across America was this uh, charitable event that was held in 1986, which is where hundred like millions of people across America paid to like paid ten dollars or something to hold hands for a charitable gesture that would. And never would have the intent of reaching from one side of America to the other. Yeah. So from the Midwest to the Mideast in America, all the way across. Obviously, it wasn't literally done in a continual line because that's impossible. But it was done in a way that they would have enough people to stretch across. Yeah. And it was a success uh, in a way. It was a success, but that, I think that might be part of the... Re- it's like, that's what he's... I think that's when this... The, part then of the, the, the veil. So, yeah explanation against the the failed um what's the word i'm looking for experiment yeah it's a failed experiment of hands across america being delivered as this one thing that you thought this is going to be millions of people from literally one side of the u.s to the other Mm. and getting something totally different that whilst there was a result to it it wasn't the original intent. No, and they, they aimed... The idea was to... I think it was homelessness and sort of yeah. poverty, essentially, is what they were campaigning against. In America, though. And they aimed to raise, like... They thought they were going to raise, like, 50, 100 million. They actually get raised a lot less than that. Yeah. And then a lot of it didn't actually end up even going to the charity because a lot of it had to go to the marketing of the event. Well, yeah. So it's that sort of... I think it's almost like he's having a go at the false putting on of mm-hmm. being charitable and it reminds me a little bit of like the, the thing that happened like about you know 10-15 years ago where everyone was wearing those rubber uh, bracelets yeah it's that kind of thing it's like oh no I believe in things because I bought this little rubber thing oh, yeah. yeah I bought it's I that it's, it's the false garage. yeah it's the false like veneer of charity to for that rich white you know not rich white people but just rich people generally do to make themselves feel better. Yeah. And that is almost this other subtext in this movie where it's about it's about the haves and the have-nots. Mm-hmm. It's about the very affluent people and the people who've got fuck all, which society is built on. Yeah. And in this case, literally. Like, it's not, yeah. it's not a metaphor. They are literally holding us up from underneath. These, the underclass, the people who, yeah. make, who make all this happen, who allow families like the Wilsons to have a summer vacation house. And a boat. And a boat. And to be and able to complain about the fact that the boat isn't their friends great. have a better car and yeah. a better boat. Exactly. And I think that that's what this... This is a lot more about class than it is. It's not about race, it's about class, mm-hmm. I think. Um, which is a very interesting subject when it comes to America, because America is not is no, nothing like our class system, where it's inherent in bloody, you know, years and years and years of inbreeding and bullshit. Uh, <laughs> it's something that has developed as a result of capitalism. Yeah. 
Um, and Especially it, in America, because America is such a young country as well. Yeah, and the idea being that it's meant to be some sort of you know equal opportunities. Like she says it to her daughter. She says you can put you can do anything you set your mind to. Okay, what about the daughter underground? Yeah, she can't put, compete in the Olympics, can she? No. Just, oh, fuck, there's so much. I love it. I do love it. The more yes. I'm talking about it, the more I think about it. I fucking love it. But <sighs> I think what happens to all the what happens after this film ends? Does the government just come in and just like wipe them all out? Well, they. I mean, they achieved their result. I mean, so there's a part where. Okay, we so we've not addressed this part yet. The the final sort of twist and conceit to this film is the reveal that Red and Adelaide, so Lupita Nyong'o, the two characters that she plays. Yeah. From the start of the film, you see that she has this experience when she goes into this hall of mirrors. Mm-hmm. Something happens in there that traumatizes her, traumatizes her for the rest of her life. When she comes. And this is gradually dropped in slowly across the rest of the film because you don't find out what happens until right at the end. Pretty much after the film is complete, Hmm. it's this final, final sort of devastating show where you find out that Adelaide, who we've supported and followed throughout this entire film, is actually red. Yeah. And that what happened while she was in the Hall of Mirrors is that she swapped. Yeah. She, or, or she, well, Red forcibly swapped. Them. Yeah. She grabbed her by the throat, knocked her out, and then just switched the places. So the idea being that this girl who is, how old would you say she was at that point? Uh, like, five or six years old? Seven? Yeah, we're terrible with kids' ages. This happens every time. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, she's about five or six years old. So she's lived the first six years of her life in this underground society where she's had to mimic everything that's going on up above. But because of this chance encounter where they're actually, for the one, what must be one of the only times where a te- the tethered couple actually come face to face, she seizes her opportunity and switches them. Yeah. And so what that means is that well, she, yeah, she spent the first six years of her life living underground, and then the rest of her life she lived up top. Mm-hmm. And it meant that although she started out being had PTSD, she what, then what sl- you thought was PTSD. Well, what we thought was PTSD, she was unable to speak, but that was because she's not her; she's yeah. the she's the doppelganger. And then eventually, she obviously integrated herself into society and became the Lupita Nyong'o who we then follow for the most of the film. Who's married to Winston Duke, has the kids, but that raises a lot of. Issues and questions, I think, for me. Like, I don't, does she not remember anything that happened to her up to that age? Because does she not remember Who, being... Red or Adelaide? Well, Red. That we, No, Red that we're watching. So yeah. the woman that we were watching throughout the whole movie, the hero of this movie, is Red. Yeah. We think it's Adelaide, but it's not. Yeah. And my question is, she's got this, like, traumatic memory of being in the Hall of Mirrors that she talks to Winston Duke about, but... Does she not remember what came before that? Because what became before that for her would have been living in the underground tunnels. Yeah. She knows everything. Or does she? Why would she forget the first six years of her life? Well, she didn't forget. But what we what it's it's shown to us in... So it's shown to us in what we think is a flashback. Yeah. And it's not a flashback. It's... Uh, sorry. It's shown to us in what we think is her memories. But it's not. It's just a flashback to that time. Yeah. So we're seeing flashbacks of... Adelaide going to the the fun fair, having the situation, going into the Hall of Mirrors, and then later on, 
That's that's Adelaide's memory that we're seeing. We're not seeing Red's flashbacks. So we're seeing what Adelaide... And then we when we get to the end of the film, we see it from Red's perspective, where she's below, and you see everyone underneath falling apart and sort of going along with the day-to-day that everybody else is doing at that funfair. Yeah. And then you see the swap. So what she's obviously done is said... She's just not gone into those memories of when was the last time somebody asked you what you did when you were four years old? Yeah, but I would remember if I was raised in the lab up to the age of four, yeah. I think I would remember that. But I? she knows, <laughs> but she knows that she was in that that place. She's managed to swap herself around. So what? She just she so per- she's grown up living that lie, knowing that she's not Adelaide, but she's red, but she's going along with it anyway. And well, like one just, of the things yeah. about her not talking, for example, is when you see under underneath, the only tethered that you see talk is red. Yeah, because she's not tethered. Because she's not a tethered. She's from up above. Which she's is why she ends, that's why she ends up being their leader. And also, well, not only why she becomes a leader, but why she talks in that way. Yeah. Because she hasn't spoken for years, presumably. Yeah. That she's demonstrating all these extra special gifts and extra talents and doing things on her own. Mm. Whereas, so the rest of the tethered underground see her as God as they do. Yeah. But also, so when, um, what's his name? Um, Gabe, so Abraham. Yeah. So when Abraham talks, he can't talk. Yeah. He can't, he sort of barks and speaks in clicks and Tim Heidecker's double does the same. Yeah. None of them actually communicate in any sort of English formal language. No. They speak in sort of clicks or barks or like hand gestures or whistles. Yeah. So that's another big reveal in there about, shit, the reason that she talks in that spooky way is because she hasn't spoken for years. Yeah, yeah. She's the only other one can talk. So she, in, you know, to use a sort of loose allegory, then you know, in the world of the blind, the one one-eyed man is king. Yeah. So just, she was able to lead this out by using this knowledge that she had from a child. Yeah. Which was, what What can she remember? Yeah. She can remember the Hands Across America campaign. Well, she had the T-shirt, the t-shirt that she, that was that the she was wearing. Yeah. And I just don't, I, I know that, that's the thing, I feel like it's, it's sort of one way. So, like, she can remember her life before. Yeah. But the other one, Red, who is, who we see as Adelaide... Doesn't seem to. She seems because like she's shocked by it all when they come out. When these people come out from nowhere, it's like, oh my god, there's a woman who looks exactly like me. And it's like, if she was actually, if she's red, yeah. which she's meant to be red, she knows exactly what this is. I think it's not that she's sort of realizing or has forgotten. It's that she's the only one that knows. Yeah, and she's so afraid because well, she, she never questions it. She never says, "Who are you? What are you doing here?" Mm. That's what Winston Duke's character does. Yeah, that's true. He's the person, and she's just stopping him every time. Yeah, that's true. That's the thing, I need to go and watch it again. Yeah. That's why, like, you, you, you're right when you say it, like, it probably all does fit quite better than I think it does. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? But just to my mind, like she, like you say, she is so scared. But I suppose she doesn't know where to go at the end as well. Yeah. She knows that. She, the, and that's the thing, you're like, because I was questioning it, I was like, how does she know where to go? How does she know how to do this? How does she know how to do that? Hmm. And then you remember like a throwaway line earlier from, I think that the boy says, um, they're us. 
So they know what we know. They know what we're going to do. Yeah, that's that's something that I don't really get. Is the, the sort of metaphysical element of it, where like it's the, is it a split consciousness mm. where we literally see through each other's eyes and all that sort of stuff? Yeah. Is it like that or not? I don't. I mean, yeah. There's lots of questions. Do you know what I mean? And like, yeah, who set the whole thing up? Where did the rabbits come from? Yeah. <laughs> who puts the rabbits in there? When did they abandon it? Yeah. When, uh, like, there's so many questions. There are so many questions. Like, the rabbit thing is something I was thinking about on the way back. I was like, why the fuck rabbits? And I'm like, well, first of all, it gives you a loose... It gives you a loose metaphor about Alice in Wonderland down the rabbit hole. Yeah, I think it's a bit, of a, the that's same a bit time, of a director trademark as well. as run, rabbit, run. Yeah. <laughs> but also, at the same time, it's... Um, when you think about from just purely from a mechanical perspective, mm. the the speed in which rabbits breed, yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a self replicating food source. Exactly. I never thought about that. Fuck. Yeah, and it's just. On, wait, I think we might have just stumbled upon how we're going to deal with Brexit. <laughs> Everyone eat rabbits. We just eat raw rabbits from now on. And live underground. It'll be fine. Everything will be fine. Everything will be fine. Oh. <laughs> but yeah, and that's the thing. Like it. That's how it sort of clicked in my head. And I was like, because the rabbits are just sort of a bit of a red herring. Yeah. I just, and it's yeah. Sort of, well, also, is that is it that there's this machine in there that's still cloning things that's just cloning these rabbits over and over again? Maybe. Yeah, that's the thing. Because that's the thing. When we were watching the opening credit crawl, which is full credits at the start, pretty much. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> when you see that, I was like, I was thinking about it. And I was like, there's loads of rabbits there. And this is a film about sort of duality. Hmm. And are they clones? Are they replicas? Is, there, is, it, is it, what is it we're looking at here? And that's those are the questions that immediately sprang to mind when I first started watching yeah. this film. Yeah. But yeah, it's fucking great. It's great. It's great. Yeah. It yeah, like I say, it raises lots of questions, and some of you go, "That doesn't make sense," but it almost doesn't matter because well, it fucking doesn't matter and get out. No, you can't well, swap somebody's brain by putting in certain parts of the cerebellum. True, like I know, but I think the the problem with this one is that because of the the scale of it, yeah, like the fact like that big twist. So the twist for me was that part where they realised that it's happening not just in this town. Even first, there was the twist of oh, here's the white family's versions, and they're attacking them, mm-hmm. and they all kill the original white family in the matter of seconds. From and we see it from outside the house, shot from outside. Yeah, and it's just like. Fuck. <laughs> Again, that yeah. seeds in for the rest of this film when you say, when you watch it, and immediately you're like, well, why did Red, Abraham, etc., not just kill them? Why didn't they just kill them? Yeah. Yeah. But anyway. and because, because the fucking Heidecker family yeah. got, just got um, murdered straight away. Yeah, so you get that, and then you get. And then there's the moment after it's all. after they've had their sort of confrontation with the white, with the family. They then go, like the the, the son says, well, how many other pe- versions of people are there? And they all look over, look at the TV. And, and they, then there's that and dawning there's, moment. Yeah, and then you see they're sat there and they're watching the TV and it's basically saying that this is happening all over the country. So they show it's like a downtown, like some sort of city area and they show some footage someone shot on a cell phone and it's these people who've just seemed to have come out of nowhere like the people saying they come out, they came out of the sewers. They're all wearing these red jumpsuits, and they've got scissors again. Why? Where? The, why the red jumpsuits and the scissors? The red jumpsuits. I can only assume is because of the red people on the yeah. on the Hands Across America thing. Why scissors? Why not get guns? Is it not easy to get guns in America? You just get given one at birth, don't you? 
I mean, fuck. <laughs> like, also, it, when they have, I don't understand how this was able to happen. This violent act that allowed them to create this giant chain, when America is a country with a with a paramilitary police force, they would just get shot. They'd all get yeah. shot. They'd just, be, do you know what I mean? Like, they wouldn't, they wouldn't be able to go around stab a load of people and then set themselves up in a nice little line and just stand there for hours. Yeah, they but then been, if they you think shot, if <laughs> everybody in 1986 was cloned, yeah, in these underground facilities, then you, well, let's look at the American population at, at that point. I'm literally doing the maths. So yeah, but you. no, it, it didn't stop in 1987, though, did it? Because all the kid, the kids were born. Yeah, exactly. So, well, yeah, you think American? So what's the American? What's the, you're saying? Just sheer numbers. Yeah, well, but I think there's one. There's 327 million people in America. Yeah. So if 327 million more all turned up, yeah, but and you, just wearing red overalls, it's just an overwhelming force. It's literally one on one. I don't. Yeah, one on one. Yeah, especially but, for the ill prepared. Yeah, but there's a full line of people there as a police officer with an automatic rifle. Just takes a load of them out. Yeah. They don't have automatic right. I don't mean to be morbid or well, no, no, it's not. It's not it's, morbid at all. It's yeah. But that's what would happen. Do you know, and that sort of broke the the illusion for me a little bit. Do you know, what I mean? that's yeah. just in in reality that that you couldn't take over America with a bunch of guys with with scissors. I'm sorry, you can't take over America with a pair of scissors. It can't be done. You know, this isn't always the way. When you look at other sort of popular fiction and stuff, like they were saying that they all came out at night. So when you think about the three different time zones, mm. they all coming out at night, like, breaking into people's homes. Yeah, like yeah. If they, okay, if they, some of them are going to get shot and killed. Yeah, but then not all of them. Not yeah. all of them are going to be I, because it's, the, it's, I think it's, it's just one the, on one for everything. I think it's the fact that it was downtown in a city. That's what threw me about. Like if they had said if the whole thing had been around just this one town that they're in. Yeah, and they said, oh yeah, they've come out of the sewers and taken over the town. That's more palatable and you know believable for me. Yeah. When it's like a downtown city area where you can just call in a SWAT team. Yeah. <coughs> I find it a little bit more difficult. Um, but that's not to say that didn't happen, for all we know. like Because the shot that we're left with at the end of the movie is this shot of them, of this huge long line of the uh, the reds, essentially. The tethered. Yeah, the tethered's doing the Hands Across America thing, but they're going over the mountains and over like this unpopulated area. Yeah. And there are helicopters circling like above them. TV helicopters. So all we I'm could you could read that as or interpret that as in the populated areas they've sort of been chased out or gunned down or whatever's happened to them. But out in the middle of nowhere, there's no one to stop them. Yeah. So all we can do is film them and think what the fuck is going on. Which is the 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 achievement. Yeah. The, which was which was the original goal. So when so, like, Adelaide yeah. Yeah, original Adelaide said that what we would be doing is is to make everyone aware yeah. that this has happened. We're all we're all people too. Yes, yeah. we're, we're all, all people. We're all people too. We're yeah. all humans. And there's there's a point when they say it earlier on, they're like, "What are you?" And they're like, "We're Americans." Yeah, that's because interesting. They that, are that's, when that dropped. I was well, okay. What's he trying to say? I was like immediately yeah. going that that's so significant. I know it was like, but we're Americans, them, not people. We're Americans. Yeah, like, but then it's having that that identity mm. them having that identity that or, well in this case Adelaide having that identity yeah and what but what is that identity like in terms of this movie then it's not she's not making a point about saying that we are human and therefore have basic human rights she's saying we're American and we have American rights and that is different that means 
a different there are a different set of things that come with being an American. It's like constitutional rights, the right to bear arms, as we've yeah. just been talking about. But also but, I think if you know, having that in there would sort of I don't think it would be good to have that in uh, Black Lives Matter world. Oh, they're being shot. Yeah. No, I, they definitely should not have shown it. I'm not yeah. saying that. I'm just saying that that because that's immediately where my mind went in terms of if this was to happen in real life. Yeah. Because that immediately I, I do that. It sort of just broke the. Yeah, and I think it, I think with a little sort of self narrative, sort of our, our own head cannon, as we often yeah. say, I think what you can say is that. Okay, yeah, so like one of these tethered might have killed 10 people. Yeah. But then nine other tethered are in that line. Yeah. Because we can see that the the tethered don't just go after their own. Yeah. They do originally, but then they move on. Yeah. And they're quite happy to kill others. So having seen that and then having this massive, vast line all across America, there might be points where there are now these gargantuan roadblocks in place, which is why it's more effective to see it in a rural environment. Yeah. Because you see it and you're like, well, we don't know what's happening in the city. They might have all been mowed down. But there is this long line of hundreds or thousands of people, well, thousands of people across this mountain range in a rural environment where people are going to say, okay, yeah, it's going to be really hard for like armed forces to get up there or we're going to have to you know, keep an eye on them and wait for them to all come out. Or we're gonna have to sort of yeah, but that's the thing. I I want to know more. I want a sequel, or I want to yeah. know. I want I want a universe based around this event yeah. that happened where all the everyone came up from the sewers. Yeah, I want to see from a different point of view. What was it like? Right, say you know you're just not a family, just someone living in New York City, mm-hmm. and this happened. Then what? Yeah. I want like a whole connected universe all about this because it's a great idea. It is it's a great really idea. cool. It's really scary, and it's <laughs> I love it. I think it's really good. Um, but also, when you look at this, this this also has sort of overarching sort of themes to it as well. Because when you think about the the tethered, they're almost a parable for like zombies. Yeah, and it's like at this point, like if these are like the zombies that have been sort of weren't asked to be brought into life or to be brought back, what sort of rights are they going to have? Yeah. So when you bring up the point yeah, you yeah. say about having rights and human rights and American rights, when they say, we are Americans, we were born here. Yeah. We are all the same as you. We are literally the other half of you. So we deserve to be known, yeah. understood and respected. Yeah. And again, is that sort of, is that making a sort of statement about, because again, I come back to this thing about class and the underclass is more often than not is, is immigration. So it's, you know, people from South America who've come in and they're the people who work in the hotels and work in the service industry and yeah. work in, and they're the bit, but they're, we're Americans. Yeah. We're Americans, but we're just the, the half of the country that you don't see and you don't want to see. And it's the yeah. stuff that you don't want to know about. You sort of sweep us under the rug, but we're Americans. Yeah, exactly. Or, you know, they're third, you know, generate however many generations down immigrants where it's, what's the kids thing that they did? You know, that thing where they, uh, he, Change the legislation so if you were a oh, a dreamer yeah. or something, yeah. So if you 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 were born in America but your parents weren't, and therefore you weren't allowed so entitled to the same things, yeah. That's exactly what these you know tethered are talking about. So no, we were born in this country. That therefore that means this, this, and this. Yeah. But for whatever reason, there like there are like there seems to be this distinction going on in in politics in the real world now, where there are Americans and then there are Americans. 
Yeah. It's, do you know what I mean? There are some, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. It's that whole, like, um, animal farm thing. It's like everyone's equal. Some people are more equal than others. Yeah. It's that, Absolutely. isn't it? Absolutely. <laughs> if he keeps making movies like this where we can, it, we keep, we bring up these kind of topics and conversations, then it, oh, fuck, I'm so yeah. excited for his career going forward. Um, yeah. yeah. More, more, Jordan Peele's less Michael Bay's. Correct. Yeah. Because these are asking sort of really important questions and Although, doing it in a in a in a very intelligent way, in a yeah. very clever way, that it is going to make people think of this. Hmm. Oh, but then so again, having said that though, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what happens with his Twilight Zone thing. With yeah. Twilight Zone. I don't know. Like he could, if he he's going to do his thing, then he could be he could be making sort of socio political statements. Yeah. In each episode. I mean, a lot of them were. Yeah, so maybe that's that's what it's going to be then. Maybe this yeah. means that instead of waiting two years for a new Jordan Peele movie, we have to just wait a week while there's a series of yeah. Twilight Zone on, which is yeah. fucking great. Because he's writing some of them and directing yeah. some of them. I think he's but like he's, the showrunner. Yeah, he's, the, yeah. he's like producer and showrunner overall. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, fucking viva la Jordan Peele. Yeah, man. Fucking <sighs> I think I think we've probably... <laughs> Yeah, I'm just to think, the only one thing actually, one thing I want, I want to say that is kind of unrelated, a bit of a tangent, but I want to say it. Elizabeth Moss, mm-hmm. first of all, she's fucking great, and her evil version is great. But it also made me think Elizabeth Moss for Harley Quinn. If yeah. J- if James Gunn is recasting and he's got Idris Elba yeah. as um, Deadshot, and you get Elizabeth Moss as Harley Quinn, yeah, that could work. It will never happen. No, because Margot Robbie's way, still, way yeah. too popular. But I'm in our to Earth see. Two world, yeah, <laughs> okay. But yeah, I think she's great in this as well. Like as, as short a role that she's in this. Yeah, I mean the characterization early on was a little bit wibbly. But well, yeah, that's, well, it's not so much wibbly. It's just she's an awful, awful person, and you're not meant to like her. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, again, it just and that raises the classism debate, uh, debate as well because of the way that um, sort of Winston Duke's character. Gabe was sort of always trying to keep up with the Joneses. So to yeah, speak. it was very keeping up with the Joneses. But then, yeah, it was interesting that Elizabeth Moss's family were sort of depicted as being dysfunctional and a bit, and like the kids were arseholes and they were, they were and they hated one another. The the, the parents, I mean, yeah, um, like where, the parents hated one another and the they were getting pissed all the time, fed up with one another. Yeah, exactly. Whereas the Will, this is Will Wilsons, yeah, are pretty. Decent, like do you know, they they bicker a little bit, but they yeah. all get on. But they, they have all, a family and they, dynamic. They have a good family dynamic, and like like when they're on their way to the beach, they're all sort of laughing and joking and listening to "Got Five on It," yeah, <laughs> which they somehow managed to turn into a creepy orchestral version Fucking towards the great. end, which is unreal. Um, but yeah, I don't know if that's meant to be saying something. If that if that why is it that it's that way round? Why is it that is the white family who's dysfunctional and doesn't like and doesn't, yeah, I don't. Even. I don't know if it, that's the thing. I I feel maybe it's me. Maybe it's because because his last movie was very much about race. Yeah, that you've got that in your head, and I'm like, there must be some sort of reasoning behind why it is that way. But maybe there isn't. Maybe it just is what it yeah. is. Yeah, I, I yeah, I, didn't, I, I didn't. I'm always looking for meaning in everything he does because yeah. everything has meaning. I know that. So yeah, but yeah, uh, one thing I do want to sort of go back to is the. Um, the sort of duology again between Adelaide and Red in the mm. final scenes when they're in the facility. Yeah. Um, which is just, it's so bizarre. It's this sort of weird, I don't know, it's this sort of weird below realm where it's like there's an escalator that goes down. It does, but then doesn't it take her up as well? 
Yeah, but she oh, it's, it's still going down. So obviously she's gone up a down escalator, and it's like it's it's. I I think that is that one of the things I was saying about is that line there is that for the lower caste of society to get to a middle or upper class is like, like, like walking up up. Up a escalator, that's going down. Yeah, okay, yeah, I like that. Yeah, yeah. And I th- that that was another thing that sort of stood out, and I was like, "Fuck, this is really clever." Yeah, that's good. Yeah, I hadn't thought that. Yeah. And then Fuck. again, when you see about the, um, like the fight that Red and Adelaide have at the end, hmm. the the sort of the visible frustration that, um, Adelaide at this point yeah. is having when she can't land a hit on yeah. Red because she's tethered. Yeah. So she knows that she's going to be outwit, but she's doing everything she can to rescue her son. Yeah. And she's just desperate, desperate, desperate to land a hit. Yeah. And it's only when it's a non-calculated move, when it's just something that just all of a sudden happens and Red doesn't have time to anticipate it Mm -hmm. in any way, is when she gets caught out. But it's just... And and again, seeing that last bit of change, Mm -hmm. when she lands that final killing blow on at this point red and she starts laughing she gets the same laugh yeah that's the i interpreted initially i interpreted that in a, in a slightly different way i don't know if it's yeah so she kills her like you say and she does this she chokes her out with the because she's got her hands bound the whole yeah. time as well she, she's got handcuffs on and she chokes her out and like you said she has this like she's laughing like she's like in triumph and then she goes and finds the sun mm-hmm and she's like pinning her ear about, look, look, it's me, it's me, sort of thing. But she's not herself. She's crazy. She's gone a little bit nuts. And my sort of way of looking at that was after what Red, or what we thought was Red, was saying about the idea of they've split the um, soul. soul. So by killing her doppelganger, going that way round, oh, does that okay. mean that the dark part of her soul has now become back, come back into her? Fuck, I hadn't even and thought that, of that. And that means that now she's a different a third version of itself, if you like, that is yeah. now complete and has this dark... Because when when she finds her son, he looks at her differently. And he's yeah. like, you're not right. And it's not she. It's still the same woman who has been his mother this entire time. Mm-hmm. But he's, like, scared of her now. Something's different. And I'm that's the way I interpret it. It was like, right, either way, if either one of them does... So by the doppelgangers killing the originals, they can therefore start to become more whole. And in fit, maybe they'll start to be able to talk and start to be able to be more like human like and then conversely by killing her doppelganger does that make her she's got a darker sensibility and she's more capable of violence she's got more because she's now a whole she has the entire soul in in her yeah could be bullshit could be tin foil hat I don't know but that's I don't know I hadn't thought of that because the reason that I thought that the way that the son was treating her differently was it's like okay, so he's obviously gone through this very similar, this very frightening situation, has seen something happen, but there's a part of my mind that was seeded like, so he was on his own with her for quite a while. Yeah. She what if? Told, yeah. What if she told him the Everything. truth? Yeah. And he was just questioning it, and that yeah. by. Yeah, and it's but yeah, fuck, like it's just mad. And like so she seeded that in him and she told him the truth and now he's like, I don't know what to believe. So when she comes in, she's covered in blood. And she's acting differently and she's got like this tick smile that's going yeah. on when she's there. 
And you're just like, oh, fuck, this is so good. Like, there are so many intricacies in this film. Yeah. That, yeah, I'm going to go and see it again. Let's go watch it again. Come on. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, and I think, oh, yeah, fuck, it's so good. Absolutely, absolutely go and see it. If you, if you honestly, and readers, if you, any of you think totally conversely to us and hated it, please let us know. Yeah, are we, I think this is going to be probably one of the more divisive ones we've covered on this show. Yeah. Um, because, yeah, but I think the more you think about it, the more the better it will get, for me anyway. Yeah, definitely. But, yeah, yeah like I say, if there's anyone's got any alternative opinions or alternative read, have we missed a different reading of it that maybe we haven't even thought about? Yeah. Um, I mean, we've already, like, from discussing it here, we've already seen that just the fr- just from the two of us. There are multiple ways that you can think yeah. about it and things that the other one didn't even think about. Yeah. So, fuck knows. Once we, once yeah. we throw that out to, like, the, the wider audience, God knows what we could come up with. Uh, but that's part of what's great about it. Um, but, yeah, let us know what you think. Yeah, get in contact with us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. We're at the Omcast pod on there. Um, we're at the Omcast pod on gmail.com as well. Yeah. Uh, or, should I say, the Omcast pod at gmail.com. Yeah. But, yeah, get in touch with us. Anyway, right, so, yeah, thanks for listening, readers, and we, next week, are probably going to have a surprise episode, because we've got stuff on the agenda that we're thinking about doing, but we might do something different. Yeah, we don't know, something will happen next week. There'll be another episode next week. There's absolutely going to be at least one episode next week. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, we'll see you then. Take care. Bye. Thanks, bye. We all had guns, so it was a very short uprising. (laughs) (laughs) Because we're American and we're always packing.